0: Chapter Sixteen of the World's Famous Orations, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gail Nelson, Lakeside, California. The World's Famous Orations, Volume One by Various. Chapter Sixteen. On the Union of Greece to Resist Persia. Isocrates. 436 to 338 BC. 380 BC. Born in 436 BC and died in 338, lived from the age of Pericles to that of Alexander. His teachings as to style influenced Plato, Demosthenes, and Cicero, usually classed as one of the ten Attic orators, but more properly a publicist. It is confessed, indeed, that our state is the most ancient and the greatest, and the most celebrated among all men, and the foundation being thus glorious, on account of what follows these, it is still more befitting that we should be honoured. For we inhabit this city, not having expelled others, nor having found it deserted, nor collected promiscuously from many nations, but we are of such honourable and genuine birth that we continue for all time possessing this land from which we were born being sprung from the soil, and being able to call our city by the same names as our nearest relations, for we alone of all the Greeks have the right to call the same, nurse and fatherland and mother. And yet it is right that those who with good reason entertain high thoughts, and who justly dispute the supremacy and who often make mention of their hereditary rights, should prove the origin of their race to be of this nature." the advantages then which we possessed from the beginning and which were bestowed upon us by fortune are so great in magnitude but of how great advantages we have been the cause to the rest we should thus best investigate if we should go through in detail the time from the commencement and the exploits of the state in succession for we shall find that she not only delivered us from the dangers in respect of war but is also the cause of that long established order besides in which we dwell and with which we live as free citizens, and by means of which we are able to live. Of the wars, indeed, the Persian was the most famous. The old achievements, however, are not less strong proofs for those who dispute about hereditary institutions. For when Greece was still in a lowly condition, the Thracians, indeed, came to our land with Eumolpus, the son of Poseidon, and the Scythians with the Amazons and the daughters of Mars. Not at the same time but at the time when each of them were rulers of Europe, hating, indeed, the whole race of Greeks, but making charges against us separately, thinking that by this line of conduct they would incur danger against one state indeed, but would at the same time conquer all. They did not, however, succeed, but having engaged with our ancestors separately, they were destroyed equally as if they had made war on all together." and the magnitude of the evils which befell them is manifest. For the speeches concerning them would never have lived on for so long a time had not also their achievements far excelled those of other men. It is recorded, then, concerning the Amazons, that not one of those who came went back again, while those who were left at home were driven out of their government on account of their calamity here. And concerning the Thracians, it is said that although during the former times they dwelt beside us, On our borders, yet on account of that expedition, they left so great an intervening space that in the district between us, many nations and all kinds of races and great cities have been established. Glorious indeed, then, are these things, and befitting those who dispute for the supremacy but akin to what has been said. And such as it is natural that those sprung from such men would perform, were the exploits of those who waged war against Darius and Xerxes.' Always, indeed, then, both our ancestors and the Lacedaemonians acted in a spirit of rivalry to each other, not but what in those times they contended for the most glorious objects, not thinking each other to be enemies, but rivals, not paying court to the foreigner with a view to the slavery of the Greeks, but being of one mind about the common safety and engaging in a contest as to this, viz., which of the two be the authors of it.' and they displayed their valor first, indeed, in the case of those sent by Darius. For when these had landed in Attica, the one did not wait for their allies, but making what was a common war a personal one. They went out to meet those who had treated contemptuously the whole of the Hellas with their private force, a few against many myriads, as if about to brave the danger in the case of the lives of others, while the others no sooner heard of the war being in Attica than— neglecting everything else they came to assist us, making as great haste as if it was their own country which was being ravaged. And after these things, when the subsequent expedition took place, which Xerxes led in person, after abandoning his palace and undertaking to become a general, and having collected all the men from Asia, and who, being anxious not to speak in extravagant terms, has spoken about him in language which fell short of the reality— A man who reached such a height of arrogance that, considering it to be a trifling achievement to subdue Greece, and wishing to leave behind such a monument as surpasses human nature, ceased not until he had devised and at the same time carried out by compulsion that which all talk of. So that with his armament he sailed through the mainland and marched over the sea, having bridged over the Hellespont and dug a canal through Athos. Against him, indeed, having such high thoughts, and having succeeded in accomplishing such great deeds, and having become the lord of so many, they went forth, having divided amongst themselves the danger, the Lacedaemonians, indeed, to Thermopylae against the land force, having selected a thousand of themselves, and taking along with them a few of their allies, with the intention of preventing them in the narrow pass from advancing farther, while our fathers went out to Artemisium, having manned sixty triremes, to meet the whole naval force of the enemy. And they had the courage to do these things, not so much through contempt of the enemy as from a spirit of rivalry with each other, the Lacedaemonians indeed envying our state for the battle at Marathon, and seeking to put themselves on an equality with us, and fearing lest our state should twice in succession become the author of deliverance to the Greeks." And our fathers, wishing chiefly indeed to retain their present glory, and to make it manifest to all that both in the former case it was through valor and not through fortune that they had conquered. In the next place, also to induce the Greeks to maintain a sea-fight by showing to them that valor gets the better of numbers in naval dangers and enterprises equally as in those by land. And to the king of Asia, indeed, nothing is more important than to consider by what means we shall never cease warring against one another while we are so far from bringing any of his interests into collision or causing them to be distracted by factions, that we even endeavor to assist in putting an end to the troubles which have befallen him through fortune, since we also allow him to make use of one of the two armaments in Cyprus, and to blockade the other, though both of them belong to Hellas. For both those who have revolted are friendly disposed towards us and give themselves up to the Lacedaemonians, and the most useful part of those who are serving with Tiribazus and of the land army have been collected from these districts. And the greater part of the navy has sailed along with them from Ionia, who would much more gladly have ravaged Asia in concert than have fought against one another on account of trifles. Of these things we take no thought, but we are disputing about the islands of the Cyclades and thus heedlessly have we surrendered to the foreign foe, cities so many in number and so great in magnitude. Therefore he is in possession of some, and is on the point of taking possession of others, and is plotting against others, having despised all of us, and with good reason. For he has effected what no one of his ancestors ever did, for it has been agreed upon, both by us and by the Lacedaemonians, that Asia belongs to the king, and he has taken possession of the Grecian cities with such authority as to raise some of them to the ground, and in others to fortify citadels. And all these things have happened through our folly, and not on account of his power. Our citizens are at this time reconciled with all the others with whom they have been at war, and forget the hostility which has arisen, but to the inhabitants of the continent they do not feel grateful." Even when they receive benefits from them, so undying is the anger they feel toward them. And our fathers condemned many to death for favoring the Medes. And even at the present day in their public assemblies, they make they make imprecations before they transact any other business on whomsoever of the citizens makes proposals for peace to the Persians. And the Umolpidae and the heralds, in the celebration of the mysteries on account of their hatred for them, Proclaim publicly also to all other foreigners, as they do to homicides, that they are excluded from the sacred rites. And such hostile feelings do we entertain by nature toward them, that even in our legends we occupy ourselves with most pleasure with those relating to the Trojan and Persian wars, by which it is possible to hear of their calamities. And one might find hymns composed in consequence of the war against the foreigners, but dirges produced for us in consequence of that against the Greeks and might find the former sung at festivals, while we call to mind the latter in our calamities. And I think that even the poetry of Homer received greater honors, because he nobly extolled those who made war against the foreign foe, and that for this reason our ancestors wished to make his art honored, both in the contests in poetry and in the education of the younger generation, in order that, hearing frequently his poems, we may learn by heart the enmity which existed toward them, And, emulating the deeds of valor of those who made war upon them, may set our hearts upon the same exploits as they achieved. Wherefore there appear to me to be very many things which encourage us to make war against them, and especially the present favorable opportunity, than which nothing is more clear. And we must not let it slip, for in fact it is disgraceful not to use it when present, but to remember it when it is past.' FOR WHAT ADDITIONAL ADVANTAGE COULD WE EVEN WISH TO HAVE IF INTENDING TO GO TO WAR WITH THE KING, BEYOND WHAT WE ALREADY POSSESS? HAS NOT EGYPT REVOLTED FROM HIM AS WELL AS CYPRUS? AND HAVE NOT PHOENICIA AND SYRIA BEEN DEVASTATED owing TO THE WAR, AND HAS NOT TYRE, ON ACCOUNT OF WHICH HE WAS GREATLY ELATED, BEEN SEIZED BY HIS ENEMIES? AND THE MAJORITY OF THE CITIES IN CILICIA, THOSE ON OUR SIDE, POSSESS, AND THE REST IT IS NOT DIFFICULT TO ACQUIRE? But Lycia no one of the Persians ever conquered, and Hecatomnos, the overseer of Caria, in reality indeed has revolted for a long time already, and will confess it whenever we may wish. And from Canidas to Sinope, the Greeks inhabit the coasts of Asia, whom it is not necessary to persuade to go to war, but only not to prevent them. And yet, as we already possess so many bases of operation, and as so great a war encircles Asia, What need is there too accurately to scrutinize what are likely to be the results? For where they are inferior to small portions, it is not uncertain how they would be disposed if they should be compelled to war with all of us. Now the case stands thus. If, indeed, the king occupy in greater force the cities on the sea coast, establishing in them greater garrisons than at present, perhaps also those of the islands which are near the mainland, as Rhodes and Samos and Chios, might lean to his fortunes. But if we be the first to seize them, it is probable that those inhabiting Lydia and Phrygia, and the rest of the country which lies above them, would be in the power of those who make these their base of operations. Wherefore it is necessary to hasten and to make no loss of time, that we may not suffer what our fathers did, And it is fitting to make the expedition in the present age, in order that those who participate in the calamities may also have the enjoyment of the advantages, and may not continue to live unfortunate during all their lifetime. For the time past is sufficient, in which what horror is there which has not happened? For though there are many evils already existing in the nature of men, we ourselves have invented in addition more than the necessary evils, having created wars and factions among ourselves so that some are perishing lawlessly in their own cities, and some are wandering in a foreign land with their children and wives, and many being compelled, through want of the daily necessaries of life, to serve as mercenaries, are dying fighting against their friends on behalf of their enemies. And at this date no one has ever been indignant, but they think it becoming to shed tears at the calamities composed by poets. But, though gazing upon many dreadful genuine sufferings happening on account of the war, They are so far from pitying them that they even take more pleasure in the misfortunes of one another than in their own personal advantages. And perhaps also, many might laugh at my simplicity if I were to lament the misfortunes of individuals at such critical times, in which Italy has been devastated and Sicily reduced to slavery, and so many cities have surrendered to the foreigners, and the remaining portions of the Greeks are in the greatest dangers. Now it is necessary to put out of the way these plottings, and to attempt those deeds from which we shall both inhabit our cities in greater security, and be more faithfully disposed to one another, and what is to be mid about these matters is simple and easy. For it is neither possible to enjoy a secure peace, unless we make war in concert against the foreign enemy, nor for the Greeks to be of one mind until we consider both our advantages to come from one another, and our dangers to be against the same people." But when these things have been done, and the embarrassment with regard to our means of living has been taken away, which both dissolves friendships and perverts relationships to enmity, and involves all men in wars and factions, it is not possible that we shall not be of one mind, and entertain toward one another genuine feelings of goodwill, for which reasons we must esteem it of the greatest importance how we shall, as soon as possible, banish the war from hence to the continent as this is the only advantage we should reap from the dangers in fighting against one another, namely, if it should seem good to us to employ against the foreign foe the experience which we have derived from them. And truly we shall not even annoy the cities by enrolling soldiers from them, a thing which is now most troublesome to them in the war against one another, for I think that those who will wish to stay at home will be in much fewer number than those who will desire to follow with us." For who, whether young or old, is so indifferent that he will not wish to have a share in this expedition, commanded indeed by the Athenians and the Lacedaemonians, but collected in defense of the liberty of the allies, and sent out by the whole of Hellas, and marching to take vengeance upon the foreign foe? And how great must we consider the fame and the memory and the glory which those will either have in their lives, or leave behind them in their deaths, who have been the bravest in such exploits! For where those who made war against Alexander and captured one city were deemed worthy of such praises, what panegyrics must we expect that they will obtain who have conquered the whole of Asia, for who, either of those able to write poetry or of those who understand how to speak, will not labor and study wishing to leave behind him a memorial for all ages, at the same time of his own and of their valor. Footnote. Supposed to have been first published at Olympia in 380 BC, and here abridged, It has been pointed out that while the conquest of Asia by Alexander was not due to a union of Athens and Sparta, that achievement in some other ways was a justification of the plans advocated by Isocrates. Translated by Reverend James Rice, the writing and revising of this work are said to have been extended by Isocrates over a period of ten years. End End of chapter 16. Recording by Gail Nelson, Lakeside, California.